From the EBKV studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're listening to Brotherly Pod, the official podcast of BrotherlyPuck.com. Welcome, everybody, to BPW Radio. I'm your host, Dan, the Flyer fan. We are here to talk the Flyers. Their win streak is over, but now it's a point streak. They are 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. They took the shootout loss to the Kings earlier in the week. We will talk about all that and more, but first, I do want to talk about my experience. Last night, I went to the Phantoms games for the first time this season. They took a 2-1 loss to the Hartford Wolfpack, which are the Rangers AHL team. Uh, I pretty much fully expected them to lose going in. Uh, Myers got called up in the morning. Carter Hart is up. Vorobiev is up. Uh, Phil Verone is up. And they announced the starters or the uh, scratches first, should I say. And uh, <laughs> the first three players they announced were Abe Kubel, Rubsov, and David Kashe. And it's, oh, you know, once they announced that those three were out and, uh, you know, knowing all the call-ups, I uh, pretty much knew going in it was not going to be good, not going to be the best game. It was a very boring game for most of it. Uh, I, uh, however, did get to watch a Yori Latera goal live and in person. I was uh, on the second deck right above the uh, opponent's net, and uh, Laterra scored right in front of my face. So that that was some kind of cosmic justice right there that I had to witness that uh, in person right in front of my face. But overall, it was a fun experience. I did get to meet a couple fans last night. That's always fun, meeting people. Um, Definitely going to try and get to more this season. I always forget how much fun those are, uh, how much fun those games are until I actually get there. So... Hopefully get to a couple more before the season is over. Uh, I'll let everybody know beforehand. We can try and meet up, have some fun. But overall, the Flyers continue to play well on their own terms. They are 25-23-7. They played 55 games. They are still 6th in the Metro, but they are gaining ground fast. They are 13 points away from 1st place Islanders. They are 8 points away from 3rd place in the Metro. And they are only 6 points away from the 2nd wildcard spot, which is currently held by Pittsburgh. So... They are gaining ground. Uh, It is no longer looking like an impossibility for them to come in and make the playoffs. Uh, You know, obviously, the 9-0-1 streak is really helping, and they're going to need to continue to do something uh, pretty much along those lines for most of the season, uh, most of the rest of the season, if they want to continue to really make a push. Um, uh, As far as Carter Hart goes, he has still been the team's leader, Hart currently has played 17 games. He has a 2.45 GAA and a 9.26 save percentage. So all things considered, this kid is still playing out of his mind good. He has not uh, registered a save percentage under 900 uh, in his past eight games, which I believe goes back to the middle of January. So, you know, he has continued to step up. He has made 40 saves. Uh, he made 40 saves against Vancouver, and he made 40 saves against, I believe it was, uh, let me see here, the Edmonton Oilers on February 2nd as well. So two of his last three games, he's made more than 40 saves. You know, you would obviously uh, like to see that uh, go down a little bit. You know, that's a heavy workload. They're obviously relying on him a whole lot in the back of the net. You would like to see those shots against definitely come down into the 30s. 
Uh, you know, you don't want to see him facing this many shots so early on uh, in his career, especially, you know, with this playoff coming. You know, you don't want him to be too exhausted. But overall, I think he's playing great. I think he should continue to play great as the season progresses. Uh, I think that the more stress that the Flyers are going to be under as, you know, the games start to close out, the playoffs start to happen, they are six points out, you know, they're the pressure is definitely going to start to build, not only for Carter Hart, but for the rest of the team. They're going to need to come through. They're going to need to start playing some really, really solid hockey. They can't come out and play, you know, 10, 15-minute games anymore. They're going to need to start playing full periods, full games of hockey uh, in order to really try and solidify their playoff push that they are working very hard for. Carter Hart has not just been a dominant on the ice, he is starting to make history. Carter Hart has tied Jocelyn Tebow for the longest win streak for a goaltender under 21 years of age with eight straight wins. So it looks like tomorrow against the Penguins he will start. Uh, so that'll be his chance to get nine straight and hold the record for the youngest win streak by a goaltender. Uh, it but also confirmed that Anthony Stolarz will start against the Wild as the Flyers have another back-to-back this week. They actually have two back-to-backs this week. They play the Penguins Monday and the Wild on Tuesday. Then their next games will be a home-and-home with the Red Wings on Saturday and Sunday. So... Uh, as far as this win streak goes, they definitely uh, have the uh, option, the uh, opportunity, rather, to uh, to really push this streak forward. I think it's going to be an interesting game against the Penguins. It's certainly a big game in the standings, as the Penguins are the team currently clinging on to that second wildcard spot. So the Flyers definitely need to win that game. The Wild uh, are pretty much in the same position. They're middle of the pack Western team, so the Flyers, again, it's not an impossible win. I think they could go out, if they play well against Pittsburgh, they should be able to ride that momentum Tuesday, hopefully keep it going against the Wild. Uh, the Red Wings are a very beatable team at this point, especially for the Flyers. They cannot fall into that trap game there on either night, so I think that's going to be good. They play the Lightning on Tuesday the 19th. So it is going to be a very busy, busy week here for the Flyers. They've got two back-to-backs. I think overall I'm not overly concerned about this week, I think the Pittsburgh game should be interesting. I hope that they, you know, can can really keep the win streak going. Uh, the point streak going, rather. It's a point streak. It's not a win streak anymore. As far as other uh, Flyers news goes, they did make a trade uh, a couple days ago. They traded Christian Foline and Dale Weiss to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for David Schlemko and Byron Fraze. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It, it was an interesting deal. Obviously, Weiss and Foline were two of Hextall's guys. Weiss was sent down to the Phantoms earlier this week. Christian Foline has served at the, as the seventh defenseman this season. Uh, Weiss will return to the Canadians. David Schlemko, a guy that uh, the, essentially Schlemko and both uh, Phrase as well um, fit very similar roles to what Foline and Weiss did here in the sense that they were two guys that the Canadians really didn't have any plans for in the future. So Essentially just a, a swapping of guys, new scenery. Uh, David Schlemko has one year left on his contract at $2.1 million. And uh, Frase has, uh, this is the end of his contract. He's on a $650,000 deal. So I would expect them to probably not re-sign him. They do have to deal with Schlem- uh, Schlemko's 2.1 for another season. But again, he will probably be an AHL guy, especially given all the bodies that are currently in the NHL and will be in the NHL, especially going to next season with guys like Moran, Healthy, and Myers will probably have a full training camp butters belt at that point. So I think it is probably just an AHL guy that they're going to have to uh, bury his contract. I don't think they buy him out. 
uh, unless they have, you know, some really big free agent plans in mind. But other than that, I think he's going to be an AHLer for the foreseeable future. And that trade led to other uh, moves for the Flyers. They recalled both Phil Myers and Justin Bailey from the Phantoms. Corbin Knight did make it through waivers as well, so he is headed back to the Phantoms. Uh, what was originally thought a conditioning stint, he will probably stay down there now. Um, um, Justin Bailey has played great since being acquired in a trade for a Taylor Lear a couple weeks back. Phil Myers has been uh, knocking on the door, the NHL door, for quite some time now. The past month or two, he's played really, really well. So um, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens now. Obviously, the trade deadline is a couple weeks away. So it's no surprise they're going to try out some of these kids uh, now that have been kind of knocking on the door. It gives them a little more freedom going into the trade deadline if they really want to make some moves, if they really feel uh, that they could part with a defenseman, um, one of their current members for you know something if they needed a return, if they needed it for a piece of a bigger trade, uh, that could definitely... St- be what they're planning on you know Myers I think is going to be a very solid guy I don't know where he's going to fit in the lineup at this point I think it's going to be interesting but he should definitely be able to come up hopefully fit right in um you know he did struggle earlier in the year during the preseason uh he did not seem to fit in compared to some of the rest of the guys but he has you know been tearing up the AHL for the better part of two months now so uh, it definitely should be interesting to see what he can bring to the table I think it's going to be a good chance for him. I think Justin Bailey will probably see, you know, fourth line minutes. Uh, there's probably going to be some tinkering on the fourth line, especially as the season continues to uh, go on towards a trade deadline and really towards the end. If they do make the playoffs, that is definitely going to be a spot that they're going to need to find their best hands and make that happen because it has been a relatively weak point for a good portion of the season. And, you know, they have not had kind of the natural remedy thus far that they were hoping. Vorobiev has not played a huge role. Uh, like they were expecting him to. And Verone, you know, more often than not, is just kind of out there. Raffle is a good pair of hands, but uh, for the time being, I don't think he's going to be any kind of consolation prize. I think you could possibly see him at the trade deadline, and we'll touch upon that a little later as we go on. That was a viewer question, but I, I think the trade deadline is going to tell a lot this year. I don't think it's going to be overly busy, but I do think we may see some veterans out to really make room for some of the kids. They still have Sam and Moran uh, to come up and get some ice time. Hopefully they send him down for a conditioning stint sometime soon. I would have expected it to happen this week. It did not, so hopefully it'll happen in this upcoming week because it is now the middle of February, so I would really hope that uh, he does get his opportunity sooner rather than later, and he should be up hopefully uh, for the playoff push come March. Let's get to the uh, viewer questions this week. Uh, first up is Joe with Bailey and Myers on the way up. I feel like a trade is brewing. Raffle and others possibly on the way out. Do you see anything happening? Uh, you know, we obviously have been talking about trades on the various shows for the past couple of weeks and uh, kind of discussed on an angry negative this week. But, uh, you know, I, I think especially with Justin Bailey being up, Vorobiev is already up. Um, I do think maybe Raffle does kind of seem like the odd man out at this point. He's on a $2.3 million deal this year. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, I do like Raffle. I always kind of have liked Raffle. I think he is a very solid pair of hands to have around, but you know he's nothing that, you know, he's not indisposable at this point. I think that 
he could definitely provide a solid bottom six presence to a team that needs somebody like him. Uh, I don't know what his return would be or if it would be part of a bigger package. Again, I would fully expect Raffle to be one of the names that the Flyers would move at the trade deadline. I think Simmons' time is coming to a close as well. Um... I think even though the Flyers are pushing for a playoff spot, it, Fletcher, from his comments, it does seem like his overall opinion on how to approach the trade deadline steam seems the same. I think moving Simmons is still the best option at this point. Uh, it's going to be hard. Obviously, it's not going to be fun, not going to be the best trade, but hopefully they can get some decent pieces back for Simmons. Again, I don't know what Raffle is really worth as a fourth liner, maybe a third liner at best. He's not going to produce a not going to produce a ton of offense, but overall, um, I think he could be a valuable asset for a team, maybe a mid-late round pick. Um, it, it depends how desperate the team is and needs him. You know, Nashville has been making some moves for some guys, uh, some bottom six guys, and has been paying pretty heavily for some of them. So maybe there is a bit of market there for Raffle Simmons. Again, I think is as good as gone. I think those two are the most obvious choices at the uh, trade deadline. I think the summer is going to really open things up um, as far as you know other moves go. I think on defense, Gudis may be an option to go. He's making three point three for one more season. Um, you know, obviously his all around flexibility has really kind of helped him become a player this season. And I think any team that is really watching him could use him again as a good, uh, you know, bottom four plug-in guy. Robert Haig could be another one. He's on a very, very manageable deal. He's only making uh, $1.1 million uh, this season and next as well. So, again, two guys that are on relatively cheap deals that the Flyers could stand to lose at this point. Again, with Myers up, Sandheim continues to take steps forward. you still got Sam Moran to address. Hopefully they uh, get rid of McDonald, whether buy him out or trade to the summer. You know, they, they got a whole lot of things to figure out here, and I think that's, um, we mentioned this on Angry Negative as well, the only player they have on defense going into the 2021 season is got to spare. Uh, everybody else's deal is up before then, so they have a whole lot of uh, ways to tinker and play with their defense before going into, you know, two seasons from now. So I think things are going to change. Again, I don't know how much of it is going to happen at the trade deadline itself. I think uh, a lot of these bigger deals and bigger players... You know, if we're still talking moving somebody like Voracek or, or something crazy like that, I think, you know, that would be a summer deal. There aren't many teams that can squeeze in an $8.2 million contract, you know, at the at the uh, trade deadline. So, overall, I, I do expect Raffle to probably get moved. I expect Simmons to get moved. Maybe one of Hag or Gudis, depending on uh, where the Flyers stand. Obviously, I think the next two, three weeks of games, whatever we, uh, we are at, uh, about uh, about two weeks, three weeks, two weeks. Monday would be the 11th, and that would be two weeks ahead of the 25th. So two weeks till the trade deadline. Obviously, if the Flyers uh, do not keep this streak going, if they go hit, you know, hit a tailspin and, and lose quite a few of their next games, that may uh, solidify their uh, approach going into the trade deadline of getting rid of some players. If they keep going, if they keep winning, if they somehow find themselves in a playoff spot, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think, it, obviously, the overall approach how many players they sell, how many players they buy, uh, is definitely going to depend on where they're at, you know, how far out or if they're in or, you know, whatever their standings may be. They're only six points out of the second wildcard spot, like we talked about earlier. So anything is possible. A couple more wins, they could certainly be there if they beat Pittsburgh tomorrow. Uh, it is going to be a very big win for them, and it could certainly help this team moving forward. Um, but yes, I, I, I do think Raffle is expandable. I think 
there are plenty of call-ups right now. There are still plenty more players to be called up. Uh, I talked about this uh, in the very beginning with the Phantoms game last night. You know, that Abe Kubel is hurt and Rubsov is hurt and Kashe is hurt. So uh, they, there are certainly enough options there to fill Raffle's shoes. It's not like he brings anything that is overly necessary to the team. I think that he could be on the move. He could get a decent return. It's going to be hard to pa- uh, hard to watch him go. He's been over here, here for quite a few seasons now. So, um... Overall, I think that the trade deadline is going to be pretty interesting this year, one way or the other. The next question is from Michael. I'd love to hear your analysis on the special teams over the past 10 games. Also, what long-term role does Verobia have going forward, given the recent roster moves? Um, I'll address Verobia first, because, you know, I, I, I like what I see out of him occasionally, but again, I think more often than not, he really has yet to do anything super astounding to me at the NHL level. You know, he has played well in the AHL. He has played well under Scott Gordon. But, you know, it seems like every time he gets called up to the NHL, he just doesn't really seem to have it um, going for him. I think it could just be, a th- you know, maybe he's young. It takes some time to really grow and develop at the NHL level. But overall, you know, I, I, I talked about the conspiracy theory at the beginning of the season, you know, I really do feel like Vorobiev in a way was, was set up earlier this year, especially in the, uh, preseason, you know, he was playing predominantly top six minutes with guys like Sharu and Voracek and, and, uh, Van Riemsdyk. And then he goes to the regular season and he's on the fourth line with Laterra and, you know, he looked really bad and everybody goes, Oh, I got to send him down. They sent him down. Obviously, under Hackstall, he didn't get much of a chance anyway, but uh, it was one of those things that, you know, I, I don't think he looked good. He took some time to kind of adjust back to the AHL. He started looking good, getting called up. He's been around, you know, he's been around the net, around play, but again, I haven't seen anything overly astounding out of him. Still not seeing a whole lot of ice time at night, seeing usually around uh, six or seven minutes, so... I don't know what his value is going forward. I don't know what his long-term role is with the team. Um, I think it's going to take a little more time to figure out where he kind of falls into play in terms of if he is going to be a legitimate player on the Flyers' fourth line. You know, I think there's a lot of options for the Flyers coming up over the next couple of years in terms of who they have in that uh, bottom six. So, Vorobiev is really going to need to start putting up a fight sooner or later in order to make things happen. So, I think that's going to be interesting. In terms of the uh, special teams over the last 10 games, Scott Gordon... Uh, has really done something to this team in terms of that. Their power play uh, is 15 for 71 under him. It's at 21%, and their penalty kill is at 80%, which is far and above what Hashtell had him at earlier in the season. Um, you know, I think a lot of that just comes with the confidence that they were playing with. You know, overall, you know, this team has taken leaps and bounds since Dave Haxtell was fired, mainly because a lot of the players are just kind of playing their game. They're not, you know, being forced into uh, certain roles that Dave Haxtell, you know, put him in for a long time. So I, I think in that sense, the team is playing well. They keep getting better. I think if the team plays with confidence, they're going to go out there and play with confidence. You know, those uh, power play numbers, again, I'm not, I think there are, there is work to do in terms of, the lineups for both, you know, I know a lot of people have not been very happy with their penalty kill lineups, so specifically, and you know, Ivan Provorov still on the power play, so, you know, they have some tweaking to do, but again, with guys like Myers coming up that can really take over that power play role, and again, I think this should kind of uh, figure itself out going the next year. I think once they have a, a new roster over the summer and at the trade deadline and over the summer, 
they can go into training camp next year with kind of a better idea of what they're looking at, you know, especially with guys like Myers and maybe Justin Bailey and, you know, whoever other young guys they have, if they get somebody at the trade deadline that could address uh, a penalty kill or power play spot specifically, that would be great. But, you know, overall, I think right now the numbers are just kind of reflecting on the team's overall play and, um, they should be able to keep this going, hopefully for the rest of the year. If they keep improving, uh, it'll look a little better. I, I think, again, the roster is probably going to be a little different going the next season. So I'm not overly, you know, I don't want to really hang on their numbers currently because it really is hard to tell given how bad they have been over this, you know, a vast stretch of the season. So overall, I think that at the end of the day, I, I am happy with how Gordon has coached this team. I really do like Scott Gordon as a coach. Uh, you know, we talked about the Sun Angry and Negative, so if you want those full rants, go listen to that show because I don't want to do it again. But uh, overall, I think that it is a very interesting number that they keep improving on. I think as long as they can keep, I think the more they push for this season, more for they push to the playoffs, they are definitely going to need those numbers to keep improving, especially the power play. I mean, they're pushing at 21%, which is fairly decent, but I think they can do a little better. The penalty kills at 80%. Uh, they, you know, it's pretty well numbered. I don't know what that ranks overall. I could pull it up here in a second, but overall, I, I think that the team really needs to just keep pushing. I, I think these special teams, obviously, they struggled both earlier in the year under Haxtell, and that was part of the reason why they were doing so bad, is their penalty kill was atrocious and their power play wasn't getting things done. So now that they are getting it done, hopefully the, they can keep the confidence rolling and just let this team keep playing their game. Uh, this next one is from another Michael. Uh, Simmons, they have to try and get something for him. I think it's time to move on. Possible team and package for him. Um... Uh, you know, if I had to guess, I've written multiple articles, you know, on on kind of predicting where he falls. The craziest trade scenario article this week, if you've not read that, that was a little fun one. Um, and the uh, very first article on Brotherly Puck that I put up was a top five landing spots for Wayne Simmons. Um, you know, at, at this point, I, I don't know. I guess if I had to guess, it would probably be Winnipeg. Um, I predicted in the uh, Craziest Trade Scenarios article that uh, they could possibly trade him in a pick for Jacob Truba, who, uh, you know, they're both on expiring deals, and that could be an interesting little swap there. Obviously, the Flyers would need to um, pay Jacob Truba quite a bit, and that would, you know, throw a monkey wrench into their current defense. But overall, I think that would be a very interesting one. Um, I, I, would, I would expect a fairly hefty return for Simmons. I know there are a lot of people that are very down on his play, and as, as am I, his overall play, but I think that um, if he's going to continue to, to kind of be that leader uh, off the ice, they should definitely get a return for him. I, I fully expect his name alone to to draw at least a second-round pick, maybe more. Uh, I guess it depends on how bad the teams want him again. I think that uh, Winnipeg would probably be a good place for him. Maybe Nashville. Um, I don't know if Nashville is really in for it at this point. They have acquired a whole bunch of bottom six guys for relatively hefty price tags over the past uh, week here that I didn't uh, fully address on the show. There, it's all up on. It's all on Brotherly Puck Weekly if you want to go read that on the full trades. But overall, I, I think that uh, Simmons is probably going to draw a bigger, heftier return than most people think. So I'm not overly concerned about him. I, I do think he gets moved to the trade deadline, um, which is going to be hard as a fan to watch him go. But overall, I, I'm not overly concerned about um, where he, you know, what he brings in return. And the last one is from Dario. Who do you see as a future of the penalty kill? Plenty of young skill guys. I always wonder who's going to be the next big pay guy, next big PK guy like Coots is. Uh, 
that's an interesting one. Um, you know, I always kind of expected Nolan Patrick to kind of fall into a good penalty kill role, um, which overall he really hasn't been that effective. Um, but again, I would like to see. I don't know. You know, again, I think there are a lot of guys. Vorobiev is an option that I talked about a little earlier in terms of being somebody that they could count on in those special teams roles. I think they do have guys like possibly Abe Kubel, who does play on the special teams for the Phantoms. He could come in and make a splash. I think it's it's possible again. I think it it really goes back to their lineups and how they changed them over the summer. Um, I don't know who makes the team next season. Uh, there's plenty of time to analyze that, you know, as time goes on. But I think that overall, I don't know. I think you could potentially have somebody like Vorobiev, maybe an Abe Kubel. I, I don't know if there's anybody on the immediate horizon that I look at as going, you know, he could be a good penalty kill guy. Personally, I think this is a situation that they should have addressed in the summer. I, I talked about this at, at length on previous shows about, you know, I think Hextall should have gotten somebody like Ryan O'Reilly or Tyler Bozak or, you know, somebody over the summer to uh, come in and really help the penalty kill and be that, you know, depth down the middle that they need to kind of give the team flexibility to make those kind of moves. But, you know, they didn't, so they need to kind of address that. Again, it could be addressed uh, in free agency as well or via trade uh, with one of these guys that they're planning on packaging at the trade deadline or in the summer. So I, it could be an interesting one. Again, I don't know if there's anybody that I, strikes me as, you know, kind of this penalty kill star that's already here but uh who knows i think in the future as long as these young guys continue to develop they could play a much bigger role for the team in the future and that has been it for this episode of bpw radio i'm a very sick dan the flyer fan if you can't tell my voice is a little messed up but hopefully that'll be cleared up it's gonna be a much uh, easier week of podcasting for myself no brotherly pod lined up this week no uh OMB podcast either uh the angry negative show will return on wednesday jim and i will be back to discuss hopefully the flyers continued win streak point streak sorry point streak uh over the uh next two games they play pittsburgh tomorrow in minnesota on tuesday so hopefully the flyers can keep those games hopefully they inch ever closer to a playoff spot um you can check out the new brotherly puck weekly issue number nine is up right now if you have not checked that out yet you can check out this past week's articles the top five crazy trade scenarios that could actually happen um seems to be a fan favorite article there so if you have not read that out if you have not checked that out yet please go do there's a piece the evolution of scott lawton is also up to check out on brotherlypuck.com i have been your host dan the flyer fan you can find me on twitter at dan the flyer fan you can find the site at brotherly puck you can find this show and all the other shows uh at brotherly underscore pod if you want to count down carter hart's win streak with me you can do that at heart countdown he has uh, 681 wins and he passes martin Bredor for first place in angel history so it's coming it's coming quick it's going to be a short eight and a half years <laughs> until he passes so when that happens you can count down there i am dan the flyer fan this has been bpw radio i will be back with you on wednesday as for now everybody else see you later goodbye see you on wednesday <laughs>